Welcome everyone to Ship It and Sip It. I hope you're having a lovely Friday. This week, I am joined by Margo. Hello there. From our business development team, Margo is a startup scout for Paralect. What is a startup scout? Uh, well, basically, I'm looking for the brightest ideas among the startup world, the brightest people with the brightest minds that have some kind of vision of a new product that will change the world completely. And I'm just like trying to pick them up and bring to Parallel to help them. Awesome. Uh, so this has been a great week at Parallel. It is the end of the second week of the discovery phase for the two startups that are in our accelerator program. So right now, the BA teams and the designers are working with Nudge is the first startup uh, and her, their founder, Julie. Uh, she's from France. Uh, they're working on clarifying and discovering all the potential for her MVP. And the second product, Visa, is from the UK and is founded by a lawyer named Mohammed. And they're also doing the same thing, going through the business discovery process, which I talked a lot with our head of design last time on the show. You can go watch that. It's a cool episode. But today... We're going to actually take a step backward and talk more about our process for discovering clients and startups and founders around the world that we want to bring into Parallax partnership and build something great with them. I really want to talk more about relationships with you than technology because businesses uh, and the success of startups and other businesses really rests on relationships, I think. And that's not to say that all relationships are transactional. It's just that um, startups really win or fail based on how they connect with their audience, how they build a long-term relationship with them. So how do we, as, as, and you guys at the biz dev team, uh, find and foster new relationships with founders? That's a really great topic to raise. Because like, we are specializing in fighting the people, not like the technology or even the bright idea, but like we are building this long-term relationships. And in Parallax, we've had like projects that are lasting for more than six years and some some of them for nine years, as yeah. you know. That's a part of my job and yeah. that's actually what I'm looking for. And the way we do it is actually quite boring because like it's a continuous process of just sorting out different people, different projects, different companies, mm -hmm. and we do it on different platforms. So the, the process is a bit complex and it is like multi-channel. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to like cover all of the details because no. they're boring, actually. Uh, but um, yeah, the way we do it is actually like trying to find the connection with the people. Mm -hmm. And that's a very important point because like... Um, when you start communicating with a person, you already know if you're going to have a partnership with them or not because, like, of the initial like, gut feeling. Right. Um, and it's mostly true. Um, and that's mostly true for our clients as well. So that's very important for them as well to have a fruitful conversation with us mm -hmm. to build this ground for our future relationship. Interesting. What are some of the factors that you look at where you have a conversation with a lead and you say, okay, this idea will probably be profitable, but it's just not a fit for Parallect? What, what are some of those things that make you, would make you say no? The first thing that I'm personally looking for is actually the passion. Mm. Like if you have an idea and 
you're just you've just calculated that it's going to be profitable, then it's probably not the match for us because we are looking to make a change, like to change something in the world and the way people are living their lives. So it's very important for us to have this feeling that a person really believes in the product and that he's really willing to work in it like full time. So if you're having, for example, two or three part jobs and started to work in another startup, that's not a fit for us at all. Um, we're looking for people who are passionate about the startup world, but who know about the trends, who know about the market fit, who know how time to market is important. Mm-hmm. And most probably, most likely, that's going to be a serious entrepreneur mm-hmm. who has like two or three um, side projects, who's not working on them particularly, but has experience with them and is now working to looking to build uh, something more complex, more big, more impactful. All right, cool. What are some of the most common questions you get from founders that you talk to when they first, uh, first impressions of Parallax? They look at the site or they respond to an outreach from you guys and they get on a call. What do they want to know about Parallax? They ask us, what experience do you have? Because most likely they will go on the website and like look wow, the design is so great. Those people probably are professionals. But like, what do you guys do? I don't really understand. You build digital products. What does that exactly mean? Right. Then they mostly, most most likely would ask about the team. Like, how do we treat people? What people do we have in Perlet? Like, mm-hmm. are there any minority groups? If there are, for example, clients from the USA. Um, so that's very important, important for them. Um, and they would also ask like, our expertise in technology, but that's probably for the third or fourth call with them. Yeah, and speaking of diversity in terms of um, founders and also on our side, um, we have a history of working with clients from partners and clients from around the world and the new uh, accelerator startups are examples of that. Um, We don't tend to just go for Stanford grads who live in California and Silicon Valley and uh, raise money the easy way. Um, How do we keep that track record and what do you guys sort of try and do to make sure that we are looking for and seeking out um, diverse founders? that mostly happened by chance, actually. Oh, yeah. Not like actually tracked so that we could have like 80% of, you know, 50-50% of women and men founders. That would happen according to statistics, like in the company, we have 80% of the USA projects and 20% of the other countries' projects. So that's not very equal, though we are trying to have projects from different spheres. That's true. We're trying to widen our expertise in different spheres. For example, when we've opened the ML AI sphere, like Mm -hmm. expertise, I remember that one of our colleagues, Bova, he was actually lead lead generating startups who were looking for people with this expertise, even though we do not have expertise. We didn't have expertise in this field. Uh-huh. And the same with the low code, like yeah. we've seen this topic emerging, we wanted to hop on it, we wanted to learn something new, and we've just tried to search for projects with with this demand. So yeah, I would say we are more of a, we are a startup, actually. So no. If, yes, <laughs> we no. are. So yeah, we are thinking as a startup, because right. like, if we see the idea that we like, 
we don't need this tons of document to prove that it's a great idea, that we could profit from that. You just see the idea that you like, just see, just find people that like that idea that will support you, and you just do it. That's, that's what I mean by being a startup. Fair. I agree. Yay. Proved. Let's move from diversity amongst our clientele and our partners to diversity among our colleagues and our teammates. Uh, because I know that you're passionate about this topic. Um, you've written uh, several different blog posts on LinkedIn about healthy communication, about support of Pride Month, which is this month. Happy Pride Month, Happy everybody. Happy Pride Month. So why is this such a passionate thing uh, for you? And, and where did this passion come from? And why do you think it's important to have it within uh, Parallax team culture? I grew in Belarus. Uh, but I've had experience of like talking, I don't know, traveling with like people of, with, of, from other countries. And I know how it is important to have a wide expertise, a wide and like a wide view on different topics. So I've just been like growing, understanding that the more people, the more uh, backgrounds you have, thinking about one topic, the more like wider you cover it, the more um, precise answers you would get. So, and for companies, it works the same. Like if you'll have only, you know, male 30 year old colleagues. White guys with white guys, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> then you're gonna have only a few from that group of people. Yeah. But if you'll have, for example, people of different, 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 different backgrounds, and that can come from like people from different universities, from different countries, that will give you a different understanding of the problem and a different solution, more complex, more mm. detailed, more like, more varied. But from the outside looking in, it, it strikes me that it would be hard kind of to sell Paralect as a diverse group of people. From appearances alone, definitely uh, we have great female leaders within the company. Uh, we have, I don't know what the gender split is. It's almost 50-50, right? It's like 60-45 or something like that. So that's cool. That's awesome. And I love working with all of the people I get to work with, no matter what gender they are. But we, we look relatively homogenous. That's true. Um, and it's hard not to. I mean, Belarus is... Predominantly white country. Yeah, that's true. But like, we don't have to prove like exactly that we are um, that we are accepting different people. If we're truly accepting different people, if we like, for example, going to have a talk with a client who's a representative of a different group than we are, and he'll notice that we have a, like the same attitude to him as we have the same attitude to our colleagues. So he will definitely understand that we are inclusive, we are diverse, and we have this mindset for accepting people of different categories. And that's what's cool about us. That is cool about us. And we don't need like a representative of every group to understand that we are accepting those groups. Yeah, I agree. Good. I understand now. Aside from diversity, let's let's take a brief diversion into Pride Month since you did write such a great post about it. I think it's great to see companies uh, supporting this movement, whether or not they 
authentically support it within the workplace is an open question. We can't answer that for everyone. But at least if they say that they do and they put a policy of inclusion in place in terms of hiring and workplace standards of communication and uh, treating each other, then people that work there at least have that to hold on to and say, look, if this isn't happening, why are you saying that? So in Parallect, we, we are moving towards that. Um, tell us a little bit about that and what is what are you working on in, in that arena? So as you could have mentioned, you did it yourself, we've changed the logo to the rainbow. We have. Yeah, right. and that's actually for Valerius, that's a very brave step to All take right. because like I, I haven't have, seen any, have any company. Other tech yeah. companies done this? I'm not really sure because like I haven't seen one, though if I'm wrong, prove me wrong. I want to see them. Send us um, send us proof. Yeah, yeah, that's would be proof. great. <laughs> and we have a double rainbow because like our banner LinkedIn is like a rainbow. Yeah. Um, so we've also like started publishing articles and different topics related to Pride Month. Like we're having a project. Uh, I believe next week is going to be shoot for like representing the diversity of opinions on the topic. Like what do people think in parallel about this topic, about LGBTQI plus representatives? Are they allies? How do they treat these people? And just like to gather feedback from different people from different categories. Let's stay with the ally topic for a moment. Like, okay, I'm not part of this community, but I want to be considered an ally. Is there, is there a badge? <laughs> is there like a checklist I need to like? How can I how can I be an ally for this community? You should just understand that there are different people from different groups from different categories. They can identify themselves differently, and that's mostly just don't look like a. Just don't be a jerk. Don't, yeah. Oh, that's... Just you know like tell people offensive jokes if you are not sure that the people will like them. Don't like right. use any expressions that might probably hurt people in that seat. Yeah. In terms of offensive jokes though, I mean, the internet and I don't want to say throw any groups under the bus, but the internet and people that spend a lot of time on the internet and working on the internet often share memes and jokes that are creative um, and could definitely be seen as offensive by people in this community. What's, is there a solution to this? Um, well, what do you um, think? It's actually questionable because like some people are thinking that those people should be banned for offending some group of people. I do not actually support this opinion because like the Freedom of speech right. is like my ideal. Uh, so if you don't like the joke, you can just like, you know, uh, avoid it, don't know, yeah. skip the profile and just keep listening, keep, keep just calling. Cause like, you'll most likely have people that you like in your feed. So you, you can just ignore them, mm. don't give them any attention. And that's probably gonna be the answer. All right, yeah, cause I mean, uh, Attention is what the people are striving right. for. I like to make jokes about boring American culture, but I'm still a relatively boring American. All right, you mentioned that you uh, had experience working with NGOs. Can you give us some examples? And um, when did you start doing that? Why is it a passion of yours? Yeah, uh, I'll start maybe from a little bit of my 
Bio. Uh, so I've started volunteering when I was 16. Um, and I've like started doing some exchange programs with the US, with like different European countries. And I've started the European Youth Parliament, which oh, cool. has completely changed my life. Because like it's it's such an immersion experience of meeting people from different countries and getting their perspective and like learning that people are so different and people are so amazing Indeed. and I love people. Did you go to the U.S. on an exchange program? Yeah, oh, yeah. There which was one? like a youth leadership program. Hmm. How long was it? Uh, it was for a month. Oh, okay. And we started to do like some... Um, entrepreneurship programs but it wasn't really successful we just had one so no mate when you were 16 yeah cool yeah no <laughs> yeah. because my my wife actually went for a whole year when she was 15 on one of the one of the programs she landed in california it's a long story we'll, we'll i'll tell you all about it after we stop uh so and then like now i'm still volunteering for ngos and like actually i'm a I want to be too proud. I'm a chairperson of a national youth council of Belarus, which is called RADA. So, RADA? RADA. RADA? Like RADA? RADA, RADA. yeah. Okay, like, but RADA, RADA is like It's a, like Ukrainian yeah, RADA. Yeah, yeah. So it actually has the same meaning, like the unity of different organizations right. representing different categories of people. Mm. So yeah, I'm working with 28 organizations from like environmental perspective, LGBTQI perspective, uh, youth, students, whatever. Cool. And I don't know, what, what are some of the initiatives that they support? Can you give us just a couple examples yeah. that you really like or something like um, that? There is an initiative that I like support with all my heart. Uh, it's working with HIV people, mm. which is also highly discriminated in Belarus and nobody really understands what the disease is. Uh, so, and with trans people, mm -hmm. which is also a really rare topic for Belarusians. Mm. And like those people are highly, highly discriminated and uh, they are providing like shelters for them, the location to have some rest, to have some psychological treatment mm. because they really need it here and they're being highly abandoned by the society right so yeah that's that's my 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 love cool all right um that well those all sound really interesting and i'm glad that there are smart people like you <laughs> taking up these initiatives in belarus because it's important it's important to keep the society evolving the culture improving uh i feel like belarus has so much potential that's true um, and we won't dive into why it's only potential at this point, um, but it, it does, and it's a beautiful place, and the people and the culture are, for the most part, lovely and understanding. Let's jump back a little bit into work. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who is the last uh, potential partner that you talked to? Uh, a guy named Mohammed. Um, he has a guy from LinkedIn. We have no, like contract negotiation now, so mm -hmm. I can talk about it. Uh, he is very passionate about his project, so that's why it was like a match from the first sight. Um, and the thing I really like about him is that he is open to like having um, a personal conversation, like sharing some insight from work, like sharing the office pictures, I know some new uh haircuts. New, new haircut yeah he was really supportive that's that's the the thing i like about him um 
so yeah, that was the last one. Within Parallax, you're also working on, how would you name uh, it? Diversity policy. A diversity policy. Yeah. Um, and that'll be a document or a set of documents that outlines our policy around? Diversity. Diversity. And inclusion. Okay. <laughs> diversity and inclusion. Uh, what are the main points of that? What's the goal? Um, so yeah, the, the goal is actually like as we are growing rapidly, as we are emerging and like uh, we have plans to grow into a big company with a lot of employees. Mm -hmm. It's really important to set like a foundation of the vision that, that we follow of like the environment that we're trying to create. And we're striving for this like safe, comfortable environment for all the employees. Mm -hmm. And this document will be like um, just a document version of the vision that we follow so that other employees that are coming can just read it uh, and either accept it or not. But if they're not accepting it and they believe that they can easily like punch people in the faces when they're in the office or like offend them, then they're probably not a match for our company because like we are striving for a more of a friendly relationship in the office where nobody offends others, where nobody um, will think of like you know, some kind of harassment, assault, or something like that. And we do not welcome them, and we don't want that to happen. Right. So, yeah, just to state that, we have, we will have this document just to, like, ap 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 apply to you, you know? To agree to. To agree to, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's important. I, I feel like um, companies that are going through growth, they kind of, especially here with a young um knowledge worker employment base uh, that Paralect has. Like we are getting people out of university. They're generally well-behaved. They're generally well-trained by their parents. Um, they, come, they come from uh, all sorts of backgrounds, but um, they're generally decent people. So you can sort of skate by on the interview process and say, okay, this person is uh, as you say in Russian, adequate, or this person is not adequate, so we don't want him or her in our company. Um, but eventually, it's good to have these things in writing so that yeah. if some negative uh, uh, situations arise, then you have something to fall back on. You have a, a full policy to say, hey, look, that's wrong. This is what's going to happen now, et cetera, et cetera. Also, a thing that I like to uh, to like mention uh, is that we're working on a forum, like anonymous forum, that any of the employees can fill in if something happens at the workplace mm -hmm. that they're not comfortable with, if they were offended, but they're not comfortable with sharing this conflict with the person who offended them because, like, of some emotional discomfort or right on the yeah. team it could be it could be your own pm mm -hmm. and who are you going to go to at that yeah. point so. so that you could just fill a form and it will be sent to a, like a certain person who will like check those cases and make sure that everyone feels comfortable and that no one was offended no one was assaulted that there were no cases of harassment for example right is this something the clients are interested in understanding that we have I'm not sure about that because, like, it's more of a like company culture right. that we're trying to build and that we're trying to state. Uh, but for our clients, that would be, yeah, we're not thinking about the clients at that point. We're just thinking about the employees. Yeah, fair enough. 
I mean, from my perspective, the the clients that are, especially ones that are far away, they don't get to see us very often. They they meet with their teams remotely via Zoom, via whatever, um, fairly often. But uh, our job, or part of our job, is to basically make that team feel like they're working yeah. at a startup with that client with that founder even though they're separated by thousands of miles in some cases so it's our job to make sure that all of that runs smoothly and beautifully and that's true harmoniously for clients you know it's better that way because the performance of the team is better if that's happening and uh, if you're a founder running a fully remote team it is better for your product and better for your profitability if your team is all on the same page, working well together, and that's true. respecting that each to be. other. Yeah, because like we're in our position in ourselves as a resource company, we build highly efficient teams that feel comfortable and safe with each other to have this stable, long-term relationship with the client. So, yeah. Super. I want to talk a little bit about, since you're a local and you're very active with young people here, I want to talk a little bit about the startup culture coming out of Belarus. Are you connected with that, aside from obviously being here? But I'm talking more about uh, companies that are founded here and launch into either the local market or the Western market. As I'm not actually from the startup background, uh, I say that there are people who are connected and in our company as well. Like there is a colleague of mine who is like working with is closely connected with the LA startups mm-hmm. and he's closely communicating with them. Uh, though I'm not really from that culture and I'm not really like a tech person, so I'm not really connected. I guess my question is, um, if someone right here in Minsk came, landed on Parallax website and said, oh, you guys look like you know what you're doing. I want to build a startup team here too. Here's my idea. Would that be a partnership that we would be into? What what would be some of the blockers there? Because uh, we don't really mm-hmm. have any clients that are based here. Yeah, that's true. Um, I'd say that, yes, that would be like a kind of partnership we're looking for because like building a community in the country that we're located in is actually like one of our values. Mm-hmm. And we support that idea, like acting globally, starting locally. Uh, yes, we're looking for startups here. Uh, we're trying to connect with them, like somehow in a very friendly manner to just like share expertise or something. And probably if someone would came to us and ask for help, we'd, we'd most likely give them information or like some maybe support in that point, maybe establish some partnership, but that's all discussionable because like we didn't have a established system for that. Yeah. But after a couple of conversation, I, I'm sure that we would set up something. The blockers here would be, um, again, as I mentioned, um, not having passion, just seeing a good, good community, good environment for a startup, and just wanting to build something, something, don't know what. And the other would just yeah. be that they would probably just want to build their own house. Yeah, that's team. true. That's true. Because if they're here, mm-hmm. then they have access to the same talent pool. But, um, but they don't have the mm-hmm. experience. That's true. <laughs> We're actually like one of the aims that we're striving for is actually growing a client to that point that he could hire his own in-house team. So that's what's your question. Can you, can you explain that a little bit more? We are building a relationship to the point when client is capable of hiring the in-house team. 
So we are like helping with the idea, with the growth stage, with the development stage. But then after they feel like they've reached the potential with the offshore hired like team, they can hire the in-house team. And that's gonna be okay for us. Because like we understand that they're having a desire of having like 20 year old company and we want to grow. Right. And we have several several of our long-term partners have their own teams. Mm-hmm. And, and we're um, just working with them. Yeah. All right. It seems like an odd dynamic, but I guess it makes sense. Um, once, Especially once they either raise a nice Series A investment round yeah. or reach a certain level of profitability, once the ball is rolling, then it makes sense for them to start growing their own office and their own mm-hmm. team around them. Because... Mm-hmm. Honestly, who wants to run a startup alone? Like, it's more fun with people. You get to drink whiskey. That's true. That's true. I'm going to have your colleague Artem on in the future to talk about uh, what he has shared in terms of the automation mm-hmm. processes that you guys are using. So you don't have to talk about that. Okay. I think we, we're good to wrap it up. Okay. So everybody, Margot, thank you for joining me on episode five of Ship It and Sip It. It was great to talk about relationships, people, all of the support we can give each other in building great startups around the world. Thank you for having me. Everyone have a great Friday. Have a good Friday. Ship it and sip it. And happy Pride Month. Uh Uh-huh. Be proud of yourselves.